This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. Almost everyone out there is hoping that there's some kind of return to normal by August, September. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly. I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, there's a little giddiness in my voice. We'll begin with Major League Baseball where the owners have approved a plan to start the season now. Jason, the negotiations with the players begin, and that's not so easy. It is not easy. And what's so interesting about this to me, Michael Barr, is this notion that it's really, maybe not surprisingly, going to come down to one thing, and that one thing is money. You talked about the players. That's what's on their mind. They're sort of good with the schedule. It looks like they're good with the expanded playoffs, but this 50-50 revenue split is the thing, and that's the bone uh, of contention. So, Mike Lynch, I I mean, is this where we expected to, to end up, just talking about salaries? Absolutely. The Major League Baseball Players Association is the most powerful of the four major sports uh, unions, but it's also the most selfish as well. And the players and the owners have come to an agreement over revenue sharing. Now the owners want the players to share the burden of the losses they will incur playing in empty ballparks. Now, Major League Baseball never releases its finances, never makes it public, but it's pretty much common knowledge that about 40% of their revenue comes from parking, ticket sales, and concessions. So those are out the window if they play in front of empty ballparks. So again, as you said, M-O-N-E-Y is going to come down to what's going to determine this. All right, so uh, Lynch, stick with me here for a second. Like, what do you think happens? Where where, where do they end up? Well, the players... uh, uh, if they don't play, they, they don't get paid. I mean, right. if there's no games, they get $150,000 each. If they play these 82 games, they get half of their salary. They've already agreed to um, the, the, a prorated uh, share of their salary. So that's basically like Mookie Betts, for instance, $29 million with the Dodgers, $14.5 million. If he wants to fight, the rest of the players want to fight over this uh, uh, revenue sharing and, and sharing of the losses incurred at the ballpark, they get nothing at all. So I think it would behoove them to turn this thing down. Yeah. So, Michael Barr, I'm fascinated by this in part because what you're seeing sort of emerge, and we're hearing this from the governor of Illinois, we're hearing this from some ex-players, we're hearing it from a lot of the, we all know this around this virtual table very well, the chattering class around sports, of which we uh, count ourselves a part. Uh, I mean, there's an argument that basically this is America's pastime, this is good for the country, shut up and do it. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Governor Pritzker ripped them a new one saying, hey, it's like we got people out here who don't even have a job and we need sports. So all this about money, money, money is that we got people dying out here, according to Pritzker. And, And he was rather upset about it. So we'll see if that pressure 
will add to the players to say, okay, we'll get it going. By the way, um, if they do come back, it'll be, I think, what, about an 87-game season, a very right. truncated season. I, I want to sort of continue on this, if we can, Mike, for just a second, because this yep. idea of this is good for the country, I mean, what do you hear when, you, when you're talking to people? You're very well sourced in, in this world. Like, does that argument have merit? I, it absolutely has merit. This could be a public relations nightmare for the Players Association. Right now, uh, Tony Clark yesterday told The Athletic, quote, the league is trying to take advantage of a global health crisis to get what they've failed to achieve in the past. This is not a time for any type of banter like that. People want baseball. People are starving for live events. And I think people will watch it on television. Uh, they can pump in some fake noise uh, in the audio booth <laughs> to make it sound like a... Yeah, go a little bit. And especially when, we're in, when they're in Detroit. Really, really loud yeah. when they're in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but Michael I, but, Barr has that in his kitchen when he's cooking. He just like sort of needs, you know, he just needs the support. It's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. He's going for the mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, and, and I got to give a shout out before we move to the next topic. Uh, a shout out to Amando Galarraga. This is the 10-year anniversary where he threw a perfect game. Oh. Except Jim Joyce <laughs> said oh. no. <laughs> and it was the wrong call. Jim Joyce said it was wrong. And, of course, Galarraga, I'm amazed he didn't go ballistic. I yeah. went ballistic when I saw it on TV because I started celebrating uh, for the Detroit Tigers, and then it didn't happen. So Yeah, that was really, really amazing. Up next, we have rumors and reports swirling that one of the world's biggest talent agencies could be in trouble. We're talking about Endeavor Group Holdings, founded by Ari Emanuel. Though brass at the agency claim there are no such issues, Jason. I am fascinated by this story. I mean, this is one of these like collisions of so many worlds that I'm interested in. Sports, private equity, the whole business of representation, which all of us have followed uh, so closely. And, you know, I couldn't get Jerry Maguire out of my head this morning as I was thinking about this and what he would do uh, in this sort of situation. I know he's a fictional character, but that's okay. This, we're, we're in a safe place here. Um, but, I mean, let's remember what Endeavor has become. This is our Emmanuel, for fans of the show Entourage, he is by all accounts based on Ari Gold is based on Ari Emanuel, notably uh, a just a big thinker, a big personality, volatile uh, to say the least. He and Mark Shapiro have built this unbelievable firm. They sort of stole uh, out in the middle of the night years ago to create this. They have bought. 27 businesses, everything I read in one report from beauty pageants to bull riding, and they're very invested in live events. They own just a, a bare majority of the UFC, so that's actually like a little bit of good news here, but they're laying people off. They're um, furloughing others. They're taking pay cuts even at the top level and all the way down. They're borrowing money from Wall Street. I guess... Mike Lynch, this is a business, the representation business, and certainly the live event business, that is suffering pretty dramatically, both at, given its adjacency to sports, but also its interest in sports. 
Well, the two words you, you used right there are the key, live events. Uh, yeah. The television industry is shut down. The film production industry is shut down right now. Uh, Miss Universe, you won't be seeing. Bull riding. Uh, UFC, I would move his whole business to Florida because the governor down there has just, has deemed that entertainment is an essential business. Right. So he could probably get down there and do whatever he wants. But, uh, you know, their business is down 70%, and Ari Emanuel is not going to take any pay for this entire year. It's just pretty much uh, uh, part of the carnage of this whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Well, and I wonder, too, Michael Barr, you know, agents actually, we know, have a huge amount of influence. And, and I go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago with Major League Baseball you know, I do wonder, Scott Boris, not surprisingly, has come to the fore uh, in all of these discussions around baseball. I mean, they are sort of integral players, uh, pun intended, in getting live sports back to work, and yet their own business is, is under fire. Like, it gets pretty complicated here. Well, Jason, even Scott Boris, you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. I right. mean, if there's no money there, I mean, nothing. I mean, and I don't believe I'm even going to say this about the owners, but yes, I, I do have a, a soft spot for the owners because you are getting no revenue at all. You're not right. getting any ticket sales. Uh, there, There is no television that's going to be for your games or radio rights, nothing. So I don't see if there's no money coming in, it, it, what are players going to do? I mean, it, right. it's it, it for that. So that translates to the agent. So I, I I don't see how anything can can come out of this. But well, we'll and, and Mike Lynch. I, I mean, I, yeah. I guess I would come back to you for a second because you know you mentioned the the carnage, which is exactly the right word. I think the other thing we're learning about this at this moment too is that we're reminded of the ecosystems around all of these sports, and you know, and, and you put your finger on it when you were talking about sort of the importance of baseball there's an economic importance too and I know we've talked about this on this show before but I think it's it's really worth mentioning that if baseball doesn't get up and running in some form or fashion and even if there are no fans in the stands there are economic consequences for different cities and 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 all of the things that sort of rely on these teams and we're not just talking about baseball we're talking about the NBA and and football come fall and and everything else it's important to remember that so many people's livelihoods and I'm not playing the world's smallest violin for agents here but you know a lot of people's livelihoods depend on sports coming back <clears throat> Yesterday, I had a conversation with Lee Steinberg uh, for another show that I was doing here, and um, we were talking about uh, he represents mostly football players and how he was quite fortunate, and people in his that represent NFL players are fortunate because none of those games have been wiped out yet. No, uh, no TV games have been canceled. Money has already been paid for rights fees, and as of right now, they're going on with business as usual. Yeah. So until the preseason games come or the first uh, September 10th comes and they cancel a National Football League game, so far, those people that represent NFL players have been immune to this. Interesting. That's really interesting, Michael Barr. And, and I do think about the different sports here. I mean, I was talking to somebody last night who was just sort of opining about, you know, how poorly he felt like all the commissioners were doing uh, at this point. But listen, they are in they are in a tough, tough spot. That's for sure. And you're right, Jason. And and keep in mind, too, and it kind of goes back to that other topic we were talking about earlier, is that the NBA players, they've been paid. 
Yeah. So that's why, and that's another reason why they're eager. It's like, hey, let's get on the court and let's go, man. Let's do it. So they're ready to go. And uh, so maybe agents in one sports venue are going to do better yeah. than what we're seeing in baseball. That's interesting. It, it comes down to, like, who's in your portfolio, right? <laughs> exactly. Finally, we've got news this week that one of the biggest names on Wall Street is making a significant investment in online sports betting. George Soros has taken a $66 million stake in DraftKings. And, Jason, let's not forget, this is a company that just went public last month. All right, this is another one of these collision stories. You know, like so many great worlds colliding here. George Soros, of course, one of the best-known hedge fund investors on the planet, the subject of many, many conspiracy theories, too, owing to his uh, very generous support, by all accounts, of liberal causes and democratic uh, causes. You can Google him and learn more than you ever wanted to know about uh, the deep state and how the world works. We'll set that aside for a second, but so interesting as an investor, this is someone who has made incredibly bold bets over time, including on the British pound and so many other uh, elements of the financial world, taking a stake in DraftKings. And Mike Lynch, I do wonder, what do you make of online betting and sports betting specifically in a world of no sports? Well, let's just fantasize for one moment that there is sports going on out there. And I'm going to play the role of Don Vito Corleone in The Godfather. And remember when they were all sitting around the table with the heads of all the families, and the sources of revenue were coming from racketeering, prostitution, and gambling, and they were trying to convince Don Vito Corleone that uh, narcotics and drugs were the way of the future, the great new revenue stream. And he was sitting there rubbing his cat, I think it said, you know, he says, uh, he finally... He finally agreed to jump in, but I want to keep it away from the kids, and I want to keep it away from the schools. So online gambling is, is, you know, I mean, every high school kid will know how to hack in and fake an ID and get in and bet on everything. That's my only concern. So I'm going to be Michael Vito Vito Corleone in this one right here. I want to keep it away from the kids and keep it away from the schools. Online gambling, that is. And so, and yet, I, I would make the argument and, that... And, and, and only eight states have it, by the way, I believe, Jason, uh, right. online gambling. You're exactly right. And, and New Jersey um, has been pretty aggressive, I believe, in uh, getting that going. And DraftKings has certainly benefited from that. But you've got some really important backers beyond George Soros in DraftKings specifically, including uh, Major League Baseball here. Uh, Michael Barr, what do you make of it? Well... We must allow everyone to drink from the well. All the 50 states must get into this. You all know where I'm going if you're a Godfather's fan. You know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, the, the the person that's like, come on, kids, let's go gamble. I'm, I don't want to see that either. But kids have been pitching quarters for years, and they'll bet a quarter on – this team or that team, I'm, I'm, that's going to stay low. What has to be important for these sites is how you keep the kids off of the sites. Huh. You know, you just can't put up a question, are you 18? Right. No? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't work like that. You gotta, there, there's got to be more uh, extensive uh, research and, and more stop gaps to keep kids from gambling on online sports sites. Uh, but Having said that, listen, uh, uh, drinking, sports, and gambling are my three favorite food groups. I'm sorry. 
and <laughs> that's just what I like, and you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. Right. And you know, there are a lot of people out there like me. So this is going to get over, and more states will allow this. And once sports gets back to its normalcy, we're going to see uh, a huge revenue uh, in online sports back. Mike Lynch, how much does it change the whole atmosphere as you do get the leagues, the professional leagues, especially the big ones, uh, more deeply involved in this? Adam Silver has talked a lot about it, I know, in the NBA, and obviously Major League Baseball has been involved as well. How critical is that, setting aside safety concerns, how critical is that to this moving forward? Well, it gives it legitimacy right. uh, when you have um, the, major, the major leagues team, the fourth, uh, the big major uh, league uh, uh, leagues behind them, and you get some big owners. Jerry Jones is a big yep. uh, investor. Robert Kraft and his two son, two of his four sons, uh, own uh, three point five million shares. Uh, Madison Square Garden Corporation and the Dolan family has a million and a half shares. All reputable people, and it it lends legitimacy to it. I think, and that's that's the big word: credibility and legitimacy. Yeah, and when sports comes comes back, uh, this could uh, take off even further. And, you know, as you say, uh, depending on how it goes nationally, uh, this could be an even bigger story and could turn out to be a very good bet for George Soros, Michael Barr. Come on, Championship Bridge. This is the Bloomberg <laughs> Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Jason Kelly and Mike Lynch. And we're here with you each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports, that nexus that we find so fascinating. Join us at the end of this week when we speak with Professional Fighters League co-founder and chairman Don Davis. This is a guy who was a senior executive at AOL. He's now business partners with Steve Case, owing to that, making investments across all parts of the media and sports landscape. Can't wait for that going to be good. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.